I go, we go, we roll, flying over cities down to Rio, it's Rio, that's right, Izzy and Kippy for breakfast, S-C-N-Z, a wet old Thursday down here in Ototahi Christchurch, oof, hopefully, well, it isn't any better up in Auckland, I saw a bit of lightning and rain and everything going on up there in Tamaki Makoto, so hope you're all safe, look after yourself, she's wet and blustery out there and, uh, there's plenty going on in our weather systems. It's a big good morning to you out there that has tuned in to us this morning on Izzy and Kippy for breakfast. And it's a big good morning to Mr. Tony Kemp, Ricardo, Joey B, Neeps and Aroha. How you doing, Kempi? Kempi, Kempi. You're going to have to front the media today, my friend. You have to front the media. <laughs> I was sitting, sitting in my lounge. I thought, oh, I might go check out race six. <laughs> 46 46 links last <laughs> Madison Rose Oh Madison Rose What a name I tell you what Apparently Apparently Yeah No it, uh, Yeah I, I might have had a cold I think yeah, Was it called Madison Rose Because it had just rose from the grave <laughs> Stop it. An investigation. Here we go. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. I love racing. So let's leave that one parked there, eh, Izzy? I'll save you. I'll save you, Kempi, because... You got one today? Paulie Moati. No, Paulie Moati came out and he actually tipped it. So it's all his fault. We know what he does at the TAB. I know, the anchor. The, the, the stopper. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Paulie Moati does. Oh, oh, I'll leave it there. I'll mate. leave it there. How you doing, lads? Yeah, really good, mate. And I think that I think that weather pattern passed each other. You know, like how you said it was so cold down there yesterday. Well, I'm waking up this morning and it is freezing up here in Auckland. Uh, and you've obviously got the rain or the little bit of rain that we've had up here just just wreaked havoc on the uh, the upper part of the North Island. And uh, I found out this morning also down in Taranaki with a couple of roads that are closed because I'm meant to be making my way down there this weekend. And uh, unfortunately, one road in, which is the Oakinal Gorge, has been closed due to a, a, uh, a slip, which is a bit of a hassle because the only other way that I know that you can go around is heading down Desert Road and coming back up through uh, Whanganui, which is a mammoth trip. Uh, which adds you, might have, couple you might have hours to dust to off the helicopter, Kimpy. Yeah, well, geez, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> don't joke about that, Rick. No. Don't joke about that. No, so uh, yeah, he's I'll one be, in his garage. I'll be doing a, I'll be doing a, an investigation today on uh, on roads around the back way. You know, you know, when you were a kid and your father used to say, "I've got a shortcut." Remember that? Your dad oh. say, "Don't worry, son, I've got a shortcut." You know, and I've, yeah. I've. I remember, I remember sitting in the car and my kids would always go, oh, no, not another yeah. shortcut, Dad. And you'd just drop. i got a funny story about that. John Schuster, Johnny Shoe. So Johnny Shoe gets to England. Yeah? Gets to England. He yeah. says, to, says to his wife, uh, Vanessa. He says to Vanessa, let's go and check out Manchester. All right? M62. So you go, you go out of Halifax onto the M62. Manchester from Halifax might be 40 minutes max. Mm, you go over yeah. the Pennines, hit Oldham. That's, a, that's the beginning of Manchester. So he's driving for an hour and a half. And he's going, Vanessa's going, John, John, I think we're going the wrong way. He goes, no, we're not. No, we're not. We're going the right way. We're heading to Manchester. <laughs> he keeps on driving two hours. Still no Manchester. 
goes, John, John, I think we're going the wrong way. He goes, he didn't answer her. She goes, he didn't answer me. Stops at a roadside. They have these little roadside cabins that, that sell cup of teas yeah. and, and, and baked beans and sausages. You know what I mean? Stops. He goes, hey, mate, um, how far away are we from Manchester? He goes, mate, you're in Newcastle. You're halfway to Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> He jumped on the M62, and instead of turning left, he turned right, and he's headed north, and he's gone way up to New up to Newcastle, mate, which was an hour out of Scotland. And I just, oh, I'm just thinking about that this morning. How am I going to risk it? Am I going to get to? Because there's a place down there. It's called Pew Pew. All right, it's where the great Jenny May coffin comes from. And uh, once you get through there, well, then you hit the Awakino Gorge, which is in the King Country. If you hit that, there's no other way to go. You've just got to stay on that road. But apparently, there's a back road that uh, is a little bit, a little bit of rock on it, a little bit of gravel. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm, I reckon I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it and see where <laughs> I end up. <laughs> take, take. It's easily, sorry, Rick. It's easy to do it. I was over in France and. Uh, Trying to navigate around there by myself with a passenger that constantly slept every time we got in the car. And uh, if you miss the turn off, man, you got another 30 minutes before you get another turn off on those highways, isn't it? They're crazy over there. Yeah, Melbourne's the same. I remember missing the turn off. I remember having a rental car and going to the airport from CBD in Melbourne. And I'm coming. There's, you know, what it's like over there. Spaghetti Junction over there is like on steroids. You get these bridges and they're massive. And I'm in the wrong lane. I'm in the wrong lane. I can't get across the five lanes to turn right. And ended up on this bridge. And I'm ended up down the coast. What well, they call that the that coast the coastline oh, that goes down the surf highway oh, down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mate, I'm like, is he half an hour later before I can turn around and get back to the airport? I'm starting panicking, mate, missing my flight. So, yeah, it's got a, the trip might still be on. I haven't texted my son this morning because he's meant to be coming for a ride with me. And I know if I get lost with him in the car, it is going to be a punish, an absolute punish. So uh, I might not tell him. I might just surprise him. <laughs> oh, I love it. You go, Rick, what were you going to say, bud? Oh, no, I was just going to say to Kempi, I hope he takes his kit with him because uh, he, he might have to be live out of pew-pew or somewhere uh, Monday morning the way he's going. i tell you what, I've... <laughs> oh, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. But there's someone that I really want to interview to get on the show. I've bumped. I've bumped into him twice now, and I haven't actually gone up and had a chat to him because I'm a little bit starstruck. Um, but I, I passed him again yesterday. I'm not going to say who it is because it's a. He's a su- absolute superstar. And I just thought. I woke up this morning and thought, man, I should have done a hucker. I should have actually just walked up to this guy and <laughs> done a hucker and really freaked him out, you know. Oh, and, I wonder who it is. Um, Not many surprises and get starstruck yeah, by Kemp. No, no, I know. And it, must and be a rock star. He is, mate. He's an absolute superstar. But I've got this method in my head going on. And the next time I see him, I guarantee it that I'm going to get an interview from him. Well, it's either that or you're uh, going to get a, uh, a or, restraining or, order. Or slap. One or the other. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't need another one, Kempi. We don't need another one. Oh, love it. Love it. We've got a big show today, lads, but we've got to play another wee snippet. Listen up. We have some delightful Chemist Warehouse Mother's Day fragrance packs to give away. Over the next couple of days, Mother's Day this weekend, so it's getting close, and we need to, well, absolutely, uh, you know, cherish and look after our mums and uh, provide them with some sort of enjoyment for their big day this Sunday. And we're going to help you here on SENZ. It is New Zealand Music Month as well, and we want to celebrate New Zealand artists and the great big bangers that they've been bringing out. 
Well, today we're going to play our first snippet. So here we go, Neeps. Oh. Oh. There you, Rick Dog. <laughs> that was me. You said yesterday, Ricardo, you yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've stumped me. You've absolutely stumped me. Give me another one. <laughs> ah. Good luck. Good got luck it. out there. Oh, you, you've all, yeah. Well, you know it. You know it, Kempi. I can't trust you two. You're in the same studio. You'd be like, just tell me what it is so I know what it is. Okay? So, <laughs> double eight, double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine. That is our snippet for the song today. If you get it correct, you'll go in the draw. And then at the end of the show, we'll pick that winner for that gift prize pack uh, courtesy of the Chemist Warehouse. Mother's Day fragrance pack. One more snippet. Okay, there you go. Good luck with that. Might need a bit of an extension just after seven, so stay tuned. Kempi, what have we got coming up on the show, mate? Mate, we've got a big show today, and we're talking to uh, the Melbourne Storm signing, Geordie Barrett, coming out of 705. is going to join us, Mark Richardson, <laughs> to talk about David White, White, uh, White and his uh, resignation from New Zealand cricket, and of course a little bit about the Black Caps. Uh, out of 805, more than an athlete, we're going to go to Carmen Taplin, who now works with the Gold Coast Titans, but she managed the Kiwi team back in 2000. And ten has done a fantastic job with Pacifica and Māori athletes, um, both here and abroad, uh, and had some had a, a lot to do with Joseph Manu and of course Latrell Mitchell when she was house uh, mother for them over in Sydney City Rooster. So that's going to be a great chat off the back fence. Paddy Moati, he's going to try and anchor something again. So I'm really sorry that you feel this way, Richard. But yes, I was on the edge of my seat. Um, but like as he said, Paulie Moati, he put the anchor on it and it, uh, <laughs> it actually sunk that tip yesterday uh, <laughs> lots of other giveaways like you said with uh, the chemist warehouse and a math- massive announcement to come out of uh, breakfast with Izzy and Kempe this morning which I'll let you talk a little bit more about later on Izzy so uh, keep on uh, the radio this morning keep tuned to us because uh, that announcement is something pretty special yeah it's going to be huge it's going to be huge just after 8 o'clock we'll give you the big news coming out of SCNZ you won't be disappointed it's a great Great opportunity for us here on the show and as a station to be able to share with that with you after 8 o'clock. Uh, there's plenty to debate, there's plenty going on. Obviously huge deals between Japan and the New Zealand rugby uh, that's just taken place. But the league conversation continues to carry on. And um, Dave from Karaka sent a nice message through. Uh, we spoke about it the other day with Henry Pedernara Kempi and he's asked the question, Good morning boys, I've been thinking, why is it that we can produce world-class rugby referees, but very few league refs. The only ones I can recall is Percival and Perinara. Just a question. Kempi? Yep, yep. and and it's it's an easy answer. Yeah, we just don't have the competitions. Uh, Dave, look, we've got no pathways, you know, apart from the Auckland Rugby League that plays in the Fox Memorial up here in Auckland, the biggest competition in New Zealand. There's nothing else. And if you are a referee in Rugby League in New Zealand, you've got to be going to all the Māori tournaments, all the, and they're only tournament football. So uh, it's, a, it's a really good question, Dave. I'd like to see more NRL referees come out of New Zealand. The other, the other part of that too is it's really hard to get into that system unless you're refereeing in the Queensland or New South Wales Cup, which is the underling to the NRL. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, in New Zealand, we have some of the best rugby competitions in the world. That's we right. don't have some of the best rugby league competitions in the world. Well, we don't. And, that, and we that, don't. that is why we don't have the pathways for the referees. That's exactly right. I remember, yeah. I remember back in, 
my day and even before my day, when you when you selected a referee to, to ref an international match, is he? Um, it had to be a neutral referee. So, you know, if you go back, I, mean, I remember some of the English referees that ref New Zealand and Australia. I remember Wally Lewis losing his rag on this English referee one day down in Christchurch. He scored, a, uh, it was Christchurch and Rotorua. He scored a couple of tries and they were disallowed. Mate, they were tries. They were dead set tries in the test match. I remember looking at the referee and going, thanks a lot. <laughs> that, that's really given us a hand. Um, but yeah, these days, the International Federation, they basically say if you're not refereeing um, in Super League or NRL, then you're not refereeing an international match. Yeah, it's, uh, that makes sense. There's no competitions here. You know, we did have the Barter Card Cup and all that. And there is a like, competition, but it doesn't have the same hype and, and, and backing as they do overseas. And you can understand why, you know, NZ League aren't going to put so much money into it knowing that that's all they're going to get to. Oh, and then referees... That's not a genuine pathway, not a genuine career when you're in New Zealand to be a referee, whereas in rugby it is because you can go on and, mm. and, and ref world, world international matches. Yeah, I think they missed a, I think they missed a beat in 1989 when the gates were opened and all the players were allowed to go and play in the NRL um, and they should have created a, a competition that mirrored the Queensland and New South Wales mm. Cup. They started a couple of them and they keep falling off the back of them and, mate, they should have just buried the hatchet and kept on, and the end one was the Barakar Cup that you knew, but they used to have what was called the Lion Red Cup, and that was played throughout the country, which was a semi-professional competition. They should have stuck with it, and they should have gone back to the, we didn't just didn't have the leaders at the time, back to the um, NRL and said, you guys fund it, you know, and they would have been in a really good position today. But it's the unfortunate thing about rugby league, is he, and uh, the people that run the game, they got no idea. It's that simple. And the comp competition's in Australia, so I'm guessing there's a, a genuine career option and pathway over in Australia. But why don't the NRL look after us over here and, and look, yeah. you know, Henry Pernardis come from New Zealand. Why don't we go and invest some money over in New Zealand knowing that there might be a potential for a world-class referee? But no, that's definitely not in their thought process. Well, we know that for it's sure. It's interesting. I ran into Rob Wardell out here. Um, the Players Association, obviously down here, the NZA are... Um, talking about them with, I don't know, player contracts and CBAs and all that sort of stuff. And I just, mate, I was into them about rugby league. I said, you know, where's our voice in the NRL? You know, have you ever thought of, and they have got someone, Timmy Smythe helps out in the NRL with that sort of stuff, but it's a really simple fix for me. You know what I mean? You need a really strong leader. He goes to the NRL to talk to all of the Kiwi players and he tells them to strike. It's that simple, and you go to the NRL because now we fill their their coffers with the best development in the world. Like they they just pillage our our ranks. There's 500 kids going Aussie every year, and you basically demand that they take over the game in New Zealand and run it like New South Wales and Queensland. And it's that simple. Except, and it, and you know what that does? That scares a lot of people. Rick, it scares a lot of people making income out of a, a really poor game in this country to do something like that because they'll lose what? That, their power. You it'll, know what I mean? It'll, it'll take the power off them. It'll, it'll scare a lot of people down the hallway from us too. A hundred percent. Can you imagine the NRL coming to New Zealand and running rugby league? <laughs> There's no chance, mate. They'll be stopped at the border. 